presenting the transcription feature, Superman. Look at the sky! Look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! And now, Superman, champion of the weak and the oppressed, who came to Earth from the planet Krypton with physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who fights a never-ending battle against crime and injustice, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a large metropolitan newspaper. In our last episode, we heard how, after many adventures in the Far West, the case of the Howling Coyote had been brought to a successful conclusion by Superman. As our episode ended, Kent and Jimmy Olsen had started back for Metropolis, accompanied by Tumbleweed Jones, Jimmy's newfound friend. As we take up our story once again, we find ourselves in the office of Editor White at the Daily Planet in Metropolis. Editor White is speaking on the telephone. Listen. What's his name? Sidney Rycroft. Yeah. And you say he's a celebrated British explorer? I see. Well, we'll look into it right away. There ought to be a feature story in this. Well, thanks very much for the tip. Right. Goodbye. Yes, Mr. White? Get in touch with Lois Lane immediately. You'll find her at the annual dinner for the Ladies' Historical Society. I've got something important for her to work on. Very well, Mr. White. Oh, by the way, sir, there's someone here to see you. Who? He asked me to withhold his name, Mr. White. What? But he said you'd be very happy to see him. He also said that it's most urgent for him to see you. I'm not in the habit of seeing people who... Oh, very well. I've got a few minutes. Send him in. Yes, sir. Hello there, Chief. What? What? Can't... Clark Kent <laughs> and Jimmy. Hello, well, well, well. Glad to see us, Chief. I certainly am. I've got a job for you that's got to be covered right away. Uh, wait and... a minute, wait a minute. Hold on here. We just got back in town. We've been away for a long time, remember? I'm not unaware of that, Kent. You've just gotten back from visiting Comanche Joe's Ranch out in the far west. Yes. The stories you've sent back in the case of the Howling Coyote have been very good. Very good indeed. Well, thanks. But that job is finished now, and I've got another. Oh, can you beat that? Chief, aren't you, uh, aren't you going to welcome us home? From an assignment? Why should I? your job, isn't it? Oh. Am I supposed to throw a party every time you come back from an assignment that takes you out of the city for a while? <laughs> no, Chief. No, but we thought at least you'd be glad to see us. I am glad to see you. Welcome home. Happy to have you back. Oh, thanks. Now then, this new assignment I've got for you. Now, wait a minute now, wait a minute. Before I do anything for you, Chief, there's something you've got to do for me. Yeah, it's about Tumbleweed Jones. Huh? What? Tumbleweed Jones? Well, who the devil is he? Well, he's a friend of ours. And is he an expert with the bow and arrow? Bow and arrow? Tumbleweed Jones? Kent, what is all this? Well, Chief, Tumbleweed Jones is one of Comanche Joe's ranch hands. He, uh, he came back with us to Metropolis, and, well, you, you've got to help us get him out of jail. Get, get him out of jail? And you only got back this morning? You mean to say this, this Tumbleweed Jones is in jail already? Well, it wasn't his fault. No, you see, Chief, he's not used to the city, and, well, he doesn't realize that he can't be as free and easy here as he can be out on a ranch. He spoke very nicely to the cop. It was only because the cop pushed him. The, the cop pushed him? Well, why should the cop push him? Uh, well, uh, uh, Tumbleweed pushed the cop. He pushed the cop? Well, uh, it wasn't exactly a push. Because, you see, when the cop fell off his horse, Tumbleweed... Well, yes. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. In the name of heaven, Kent, what is all this? What happened? Give me the story from beginning to end. Well, it was this way, Chief. Tumbleweed was feeling kind of homesick. So he hits a cop. Well, no, no. That's what led up to it. You see, uh, when we got out of the cab at the hotel, Tumbleweed spied a cop on horseback nearby. Well, he hadn't seen a horse in such a long time that he simply had to go up to the cop and talk to him. Well, well... Well, they talked for a few minutes, and then Tumbleweed said that he thought the cop was holding his reins too tightly. 
Said the horse would get a tough mouth because of holding the reins so tight. And the cop said he knew how to ride a horse and for Tumbleweed to mind his own business. Good for the cop. Uh, yes, yes. But then Tumbleweed said it was his business because he knows horses and loves them. And then he tried to show the cop how to hold the reins and... That's when the cop told him to go away and sort of pushed him. And he shouldn't have done that to Tumbleweed, Mr. White. That was bad. Yeah. Oh, it was. And why, may I ask? Because Tumbleweed pushed him back with his fist, sort of. Uh, pushed him with his fist, sort of. Uh, you mean your cowboy friend hit him, is that it? Sort of. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I'll see what can be done. Meanwhile, this assignment I've got for you, Ken. All right, Chief. What is it? There's a British explorer in town, huh? Sidney Rycroft. He's here on the lecture tour and arrived only a few days ago. I've never met him, but I'm told he's been everywhere and done practically everything. You ought to make a good story. I want you to go up and interview him. He's staying at the Hotel Martin. Okay, I'll call him for an appointment and see him this afternoon. Say, by the way... Uh, wait a minute. Hello? Oh, yes, Lois. It's Lois, Mr. Kent. Guy. I'm glad you called, Lois. You can stay over there at the Historical Society. I'm putting Kent on the job I had in mind for you. Uh, what's that? Yes, yes, he's back. Just got in this morning. All right, all right. I'll make the assignment, and I put Kent on that story. Eight floor, please. Uh, let's see. The man at the desk said room 814. 814 to your left, sir. Oh, thank you. Gee, this is exciting, Mr. Kent. I've never met an explorer before. Yeah, it is exciting, isn't it? Let's see, 810, 812, 814. Well, I'll be... Holy mackerel, Mr. Kent. What is that sticking in the door? It's a dagger, Jimmy. A strange-looking dagger stuck right in the center of the door. What's it mean? I have any idea. I've got a feeling we'll soon find out. First, we'll pull that dagger out of the door. Now, we'll ring the bell and wait for Mr. Rycroft to open the door. That's the queerest thing I've ever seen. Dagger stuck into a hotel room door. Well, maybe there's a story here somewhere, Jimmy. Keep your eyes and ears open. Don't worry, I will. I want to get to be as good a reporter as you are, Mr. Kent. Yes? Oh, how do you do? Uh, I'm Clark Kent of the Daily Planet. I've come to interview Mr. Rycroft, Sidney Rycroft. Oh. Oh, come in, please. I'm sure I... Well, what is that you're holding in your hand? Oh, oh, it's a dagger. I just found it stuck in the door. Oh, Mr. Kent, quick. She's going to faint. Oh, here, wait. No, no, it's quite all right, really. I, I shan't faint. That dagger, it rather bowled me over for a moment. There. It begins to appear as if the cult of Osiris really meant it, after all. Cult of Osiris meant what? Osiris, as you know, is an Egyptian god. Yes, but... In Egypt, I was warned to keep out of the tomb where Osiris is believed to have been buried. I was told that death would certainly strike at anyone who broke the seal of that tomb. Well, I broke it. That dagger, Mr. Kent, is a warning... I should think it's your father who has to worry, not you. After all, I take it you merely accompanied him into the tomb. My father? Oh, yes, Sidney Rycroft. Oh, <laughs> I'm afraid you misunderstand, Mr. Kent. I'm Sidney Rycroft. Holy mackerel, a girl. Oh, Jimmy, I beg your pardon, Miss Rycroft. It never occurred to me that the name Sidney... Oh, it's was... quite a common name for a girl in England, oh, Mr. Kent. Yes, of course it is. Well, Miss Rycroft, ab about that dagger... Oh, I've been through much the same sort of thing before, Mr. Kent, and I... <laughs> I flatter myself that I'm rather capable of taking care of myself very well. Look here, Mr. Kent, I should like very much to give you an interview, but I'm pressed for time at the moment. But, Miss Mycroft, Well, I'll tell you of... what. I had bought three tickets for the great Gambini tonight. Oh, the magician? Gee, I want to see that myself. Well, I was about to say. You see, I had invited two friends, a man and his wife, to come with me. They called me only a few moments ago and said they couldn't make it, so... 
Would you and your young friend care to join me tonight? We can have a little chat after the performance. Well, well say yes, Mr. Kent. Gosh, the great Gambino. <laughs> Youth must be served, Miss Rycroft. Where shall we meet tonight? Why, um, I suggest that you meet me outside the theater at exactly 8.30. Gosh, wasn't that funny, Miss Rycroft? It certainly was, Jimmy. Uh, the great Gambini is not only an amazing magician, he's quite a comedian, too. Well, I guess that trick winds up the show. Oh, no, no, there's still one more to come. A disappearing act, I believe. Oh, sure. See? They're moving a big black box onto the stage. Yes, yes, and Gambini is holding up his hands for silence. Ladies and gentlemen, I am now about to execute for you a trick which no one has ever been able to solve. You see here on the stage a box. I will place within that box a person from the audience. I will then seal the box. And then, presto, I shall cause not only the person, but the box as well to vanish into thin air. Uh, may I have from the audience a volunteer, please? Anyone at all, anyone? Uh, you, you young lady, uh, would you please? He's pointed at you, Miss Rackham. Yes, so I see, but I, I'd rather not. Please, young woman. If I may say so, you're very beautiful, very charming. Oh. You will be a wonderful addition to the performance of this trick. Please, I beg you... I'm afraid, Miss Rycroft, you can't refuse a compliment please, like that. No, I suppose not. Please. Oh, very well, I'll go up. <laughs> thank you, thank you so much. You're very kind of you to come up. Thank you. You, uh, you are not afraid? Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> excellent, excellent. And now, ladies and gentlemen, I place this charming lady inside the black box. So, will you please step in? Thank you, thank you. So, now I close the lid of the box. So. Gosh, he's closing Miss Rycroft up in that box, Mr. Kent. Mm, sort of exciting, isn't it? And now, presto, change your magnifico. I clap my hands, so. Look, the box has disappeared. It, it isn't there anymore. Just an illusion, Jimmy. All done with mirrors. Oh, wait. Gambini's going to say something. And uh, that, ladies and gentlemen concludes my performance. Good night. Good night to you all. Good night. Concludes his performance? Look, Mr. Kent, the train's coming down and Gambini's walked off the stage. And he hasn't made Miss Rycroft appear again. So I see, Jim. Do you, do you think it's part of the trick? It's part of a trick, all right. A trick I don't think I'm going to like. Come on. Where are we going? We're going backstage to see Gambini. And I've got a feeling the quicker we get back there, the better. <laughs> Has something really happened to Miss Rycroft, the British explorer? Was the Egyptian dagger a warning of death? Strange adventures are in store for our friends in this new mystery. Adventures which will tax the powers even of Superman. Be sure to hear the next episode of our exciting mystery story, With Superman. And remember, tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature, Superman. Up in the sky, look! It's a plane! It's Superman! Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine.
Pod. January 15th, 1941. The Black Pearl of Osiris, Part 1. Welcome to Superman Radio Revisited. I'm your host, Matt, and today I have a very special guest for my first co-host ever for the show. Introducing Piper Cody. Yay! Piper is my daughter, and January 15th is her birthday. So I thought this would be a great episode to get her on. And in 1941, that would have been her negative 67th birthday, because she's 13 today. So I'm really trying to increase my 0 to 17 demographic, because according to the analytics, I think I have uh, 0% so far in that uh, demographic. So having her on might help. And so we listened to the episode together. And what what did you think overall thoughts on the episode, Piper? <laughs> I thought it was cool and interesting, and there was a lot of things going on. Indeed, indeed. Did you feel a little lost when it started up, like, as far as the, uh, who's Tumbleweed Jones, or did you, you kind of know the basic players, right? I mean, you know heard of Clark, heard of Jimmy, yeah. Perry White. Mm-hmm. So did you, what did you think about how the episode began? Did you? Mm, it was a little confusing. We referenced the many adventures they had in the West. Did you feel like, ooh, I want to listen to those episodes to know what's going on? Or Yeah. Okay, well, I got a whole podcast about it. <laughs> so you can go back and listen to those. And they're pretty, it's a good, fun storyline. And then um, Tumbleweed Jones, I thought the beginning was great. That little prank that uh, Pit, when Clark was saying, don't tell him who we are, and then Perry got him in, and their little interaction, and Perry just wanted him to get right back to work, didn't he? Mm-hmm. So that was that was good. When That little interplay between those three was great. And then we found out, Lois is at the annual dinner for the Ladies Historical Society. And that seems pretty generic, but that was pretty... Now, at least we know where Lois is. She, was, she wasn't in the last storyline, so it'll be good. I'm sure she'll pop up in this story at some point. And then uh, the begin. Okay, so when... Tumbleweed Jones wasn't actually in this episode, but he was referenced because he came back to Metropolis with them. And then I thought that beginning part was kind of funny when they were talking to Perry about how Perry was finishing their sentences or, you know, how just flustered he was finding mm-hmm. out Tumbleweed Jones is in jail. Yeah. And so I thought, what am I listening to? <laughs> Abbott and Costello or Superman? <laughs> So, I don't know if you've ever heard of Abbott and Costello. No. It's a comedy duo from, like, the 40s, and then it's funny because, uh, well, we'll have to watch Rain Man, because I don't actually know Abbott and Costello that great myself, but I've seen Rain Man. There's a great bit, like, who's on first, what's on second. So, we'll just, we'll watch that movie, and then you'll, that reference is kind of lost on you, but... Then going through the episode a little bit, when they came to that door, 
at the Hotel Martin, because they kind of find the Sydney Rycroft. And Sydney Rycroft is a dun 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 a woman. <laughs> so do you know do you think Sydney was a man name or a woman name or um a woman name. Okay, yep. And that's what it ended up being. I guess it's pretty common in England where she's from. And that's just funny because they just were assuming that was a man that they were going to find. Great explorer. And so going through that a little bit, when she she opens the door and Clark's just holding the dagger, that might not have been a good move for him (laughs) to be doing, right? You'd think you'd be scared if you open a door and some man's holding the dagger. Uh, Then she has tickets for... The Great Grand Beanie, because they wanted to talk to her, but she said she had to go to that show, which Jimmy was pretty excited about. And catch up later. Or they're going to go to there, and then uh, at the show, we find out it just kind of transitions to them there, and the show wrapping up, and Clark's saying now he's an amazing magician and an extraordinary comedian. And he thought the sh- they thought the show was over, and they're having a great time. And Sydney knew that there's still a disappearing trick at the end, though. And I felt like that was something that kind of I've heard. Maybe this this is 1940s. So maybe this is one of the first times it ever happened. But I felt like that's kind of a... When she was selected to be the one that disappeared. And I kind of knew, okay, she's going to disappear for yeah. real. Yeah. Did, did you think that, too? or Yeah. And, like, I think of, I've asked, did you ever hear of any stories or see any movies or shows where that happened? Or uh, I don't think so. Reading books or stories? Well, I think there maybe there was a Lois and Clark episode, which you've never seen that show. Nope. But we should totally watch it. <laughs> and I think with Penn or Teller, one of those two, is in the episode, and they make Lois disappear in that one. But, uh... Just thought I would ask some questions. Okay. Or do you think Jimmy Olsen is a good representation of youth in America? Yes, I do. Okay. Why is that? I don't know. (laughs) And, okay, like, he's meant to be a point of view character, I think, for teenagers mm-hmm. or they're people that haven't listened to this show so I think he works that way yeah all right like his excitement and exuberance mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it was good yeah i think he gives a little bit of energy to the show which is fun and infectious and uh what do you think jimmy olsen looks like um i think he has blonde hair for some reason okay I need to do a better job. I know I'm a huge <laughs> Superman geek, but stereotypes like the typical comic book version you would think of I think of him like red hair, freckles. A lot like you. <laughs> Cause Piper's got these this uh pretty red hair and freckles. So did you enjoy the episode? Yes. 
and it wrapped up. Um, did you want to listen to the next episode? Yes. All right. Thanks for being my first co-host. You're welcome. Anything you want to promote? No. All right. Anything you want to say to the listening audience? Hi. (laughs) All right. Come back and uh, join me anytime. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Piper. I was wondering if you'd help me perform a magic trick. Yes. All right, you're going to be my volunteer. And I'm going to see if I can't make you disappear. I've learned this trick from the great Gambini. Okay. And was that a nickname for Babe Ruth? I don't know. All right. Okay, here goes. I'm going to try to make you disappear. Okay. All right, I love you. I love you too. I'm telling you that because I don't know if I'm going to see you again after this. (laughs) Okay. All right. All right, focusing my mental energy here. All right. Presto Changeo Magnifico! And I'm going to clap my hands just so. Ah! Wonderful. All right, you're gone. Can't see her, can you? I have made her disappear. Unfortunately, I guess that does mean I will be finishing this episode by myself. I don't have a whole lot else to say about it, but I will say that although there was no Superman or superpowers employed in this episode, I did think that the episode was quite enjoyable. I liked the comedic bits at the beginning, and it's got a great hook for a first episode of a storyline, and I want to know more about the Cult of Osiris, as well as where did Sidney Rycroft disappear to? And I wonder... Because if there's anything sketchy going on, because she seemed to know about the finale being a disappearing act. And although it seemed like coincidence or her first time meeting the great Gambini, it kind of seemed like, you know, maybe something's going on there. That she might have been involved in her disappearance. We'll just have to see. And there was a bit earlier in the episode where Perry said called Lois and let her know that Clark was going to be meeting with Sidney Raycroft when she was going to earlier. This makes me, and he said how I make the assignments around here or something to that effect, which made me think, well, Lois probably was enjoying when Clark was at West that she got the pick of the litter as far as stories went and got those bylines all to herself and didn't have to worry about Clark scooping her. So we'll have to see how the reunion goes. I'm looking forward to that as well. Outside the radio show on January 15th, 1941, Don Van Vliet, or Vliet, V-L-I-E-T, was born. Perhaps he was better known by the name Captain Beefheart. And he was a famous musician and passed away in 2010. But I found a song called Ant-Man B that I'm going to close the show with and... It is by Captain Beefheart and his magic band. Before I get to that, though, I do have a little bit of feedback that I'm going to call intergalactic interaction. I did get a five-star review, so that's uh, rather exciting. And I'm going to read it now. It's 
says, a must for true Superman fans. And it's from Mikey C. at Geek Mentality. He writes, as a big Superman fan, this podcast is great because it helps me learn a lot about the Man of Steel's history through the old radio drama, something I am only somewhat familiar with. The host plays parts of the radio show and then does a nice job giving his thoughts on what we've all just listened to. A must for true Superman fans. And thank you very much, Mikey. And this is... That's my second five-star review. And I may or may not have been responsible for that first five-star review. So thanks for the feedback, and I uh, wanted to mention he does a show, and I really enjoy his show, and that's called Reaction Comics. And I thought I'd just plug in the promo here, and that way you can kind of see what his show's about. I think Reaction Comics is a clever title for his podcast, and I'm a super fan. So much so that I gave his show a five-star review. And leaving five-star reviews is something you can do on Apple Podcasts. Feel free to leave me a review. I'll read it on a future episode, unless you instruct me not to. Questions, comments, or feedback can be sent other ways as well. On Twitter, at Radio Superman. Superman Radio Revisited does have a Facebook group and is on Instagram. And you can leave a voice message that I can play on a future episode through the Anchor app, which is free to download. Thank you for listening to Superman Radio Revisited. Theme song was Now Raise the Gods by Man's Ear. And wow, they've knocked it out of the park again. I'm so lucky that Man's Ear is doing my music, and I've heard some things about what to expect in the future, and I'm real excited about it. And you'll get to hear about that as we move forward. I'm, I'm just really happy with the partnership with Man's Ear. Also, all music used is copyright, the respective copyright holders. Well, I just realized that I'm going to have to go because although I learned how to make Piper disappear, I didn't learn how to make her reappear.
So I'm going to have to work on that. Maybe see if I can't track down the Great Gambini. I did tell her that I would take her to the Orange Leaf when this episode was published. We could have a little rap party. So I hope that can happen. Thank you and goodbye. White hands running. Black hands crawling. Yellow hands dreaming. Brown hands longing. All those people longing to be free. And then be. And then be. All ants in God's garden, they can't get along. Wall still running on. Sad one lump of sugar that they won't leave each other alone. Why do you have to do this? You got to let us free. Why do you have to do this? You got to set us free. Why do you have to do this? You got to set us free. Why do you have to do this? You got to set us free. And then be. And then Set each other beat.